Hey EPROG fans, welcome to another UP3 show bootleg episode. Occasionally we get asked about behind the scenes topics, how we record the show, what kind of gear we use, how we pick our topics. In this bootleg episode, I'll walk you through a little bit about how we make the show you listen to each month. Some of the reason for this bootleg is to give answers to those of you that have been asking, but I also want to encourage listeners to make their own content by demystifying the process and showing that it doesn't have to be a big Hollywood production. So with that out of the way, let's start by talking about the gear we record with. This dovetails nicely with how we end up recording the show, so it makes a good place to start. In terms of gear, we all use Windows-based PCs. No Macs are used in the creation of the UP3 show. My PC is self-built and Intel-based. I use a Focusrite Scarlett 4i4 USB audio interface, although in the past I've used a 2i2. In the early episodes of the show, I used a Nawir NW700 XLR microphone I got from Amazon for about 50 bucks. Eventually, I upgraded to an Audio-Technica AT2020. It's a condenser microphone and has really good response. If you listen to early episodes, you can tell when I upgraded to the Audio-Technica one. More recently, I've upgraded to a Shure MV7X Dynamic Microphone. The big reason I switched to the Shure Microphone is because it has a better monodirectional response and doesn't pick up as much ambient noise from my room. For my audio recording software, I use a combination of the free open source software Audacity as well as the commercial DAW called Reaper. Besides mic and audio interface gear, a big improvement happened when I did acoustic treatments in the room I record in. My recording space is the home office I also use for work, so I needed to treat the space in a way that can still be useful for my day job. The acoustic treatments are mostly just acoustic foam that I got from Amazon. I don't remember how much they cost, but there's triangle ones and flat ones. The triangle ones I put in the corners of the room, and then the flat ones I put on the walls and some spots in the ceiling where I was getting reflections. I also made some DIY acoustic panels using 1x2 timbers and sound dampening insulation I purchased at a local home improvement store. Lee's audio pipeline starts with his self-built AMD-based desktop PC. He uses a PreSonus Studio 192 audio interface with a Rode NT1A condenser mic. In terms of software, since Lee does all of our mastering, he records his local audio straight into his DAW of choice, Cakewalk by BandLab. Lee's studio is a dedicated space in his house that also keeps all of his keyboards and MIDI controllers. He's also followed my lead and done a fair amount of acoustic conditioning in his space. As for Craig, he uses an HP Omen laptop based on an Intel Core i7 processor. His mic is by a company called Xingyu and is easily available on Amazon for under $50. His audio interface is also a Scarlett 4i4 like mine. Again, you don't have to spend big on audio gear. Like me, Craig's space doubles as his home office. So far, he hasn't gone the route Lee and I have with acoustic panels and all of that, but he has been mindful about how he has set up his space so that he gets the best audio quality when he records. The big takeaway I want listeners to get from this is, A, you don't need a Mac. I still hear this myth when I talk to folks. And B, you don't have to spend a fortune. While Lee and I have slightly higher-end microphone and PC gear, we don't use gear that costs in the many thousands of dollars like you'd hear in Hollywood VO booths. Despite all the talk about tech, probably the biggest bang-for-the-buck investment you can make is to do acoustic treatments in your space. I'll link to Jeff Pacenti's guide in the show notes. 
I highly recommend you listen to his episode and take a look at his white paper if you're interested in setting up your own recording environment. It's not about the big dollars in tech gear. It all starts with acoustic treatment. It's also a little interesting to talk about the specifics of how we record the audio. A few days before recording, Lee will send out a Zoom invite. We usually record in the evenings when we're all off work since we all still work a day job. Lee will be the Zoom host and will record everything to his computer. The Zoom audio acts as the master track for timing and acts as an audio backup. On a Zoom technical note, we record with the option set to record while keeping all of the individual participants' audio separate. This makes things easier in the final DAW edit, especially if we do need to fall back on the Zoom audio for some reason. At the same time as Zoom, we all record our individual audio locally into a DAW like Audacity or Cakewalk. This is treated as the master audio since it's recorded directly from our microphone into the computer. Zoom can sometimes introduce weird sonic transients, so it's a good idea not to depend on that audio as the master audio. We only use it as a backup. In the past, we've talked amongst ourselves about recording locally with all of us in the same room, maybe at like a pub or on something like Cruise to the Edge, but we would then have to deal with things like audio bleed from mic to mic. By recording simultaneously but remotely, we can keep all of our individual audio feeds very clean. This helps with the final product you listen to each month. After we're done recording, Craig and I upload our locally recorded audio to a shared Google Drive so that Lee can fetch it later for the mix. We also do the same thing with any samples we've played for the others. When it comes to the structure of how we record the show, we usually start by recording the main body of the show sometime in the early to mid part of the month. We do this since this is the part of the episode that will require the most TLC from Lee, and since he does the edit, we want to give him as much time as possible. He'll usually produce two to three intermediate versions of the main body that we'll all listen to privately and provide notes on. Sometimes we realize that we want to add clarifying comments here or there, or remove an entire section altogether. This is all done in this iterative process with Lee. When we record the main body of the show, we usually have at least one of us take point on the topic as a sort of tour guide for the topic. Whomever is talking will take the lead and will prepare notes and put them on our shared Google Drive that we all open while we're recording. This allows us to follow along and know what the precise citations are. We're all big fans of the music, but we're not savants. We sometimes need the citations to make sure we get things like dates and pronunciations right. Then, sometime in the last week to 10 days of the month, we'll all sit down a second time and record the intros and outros of the episode. When we were first getting started, we used to do it all at once, but we realized pretty quickly that we were sometimes missing time-sensitive new content. By recording closer to the time of release, we can be more timely with reactions to things like news and new releases. Also, because these segments are a bit more structured than the main body of the episode, they typically don't require as much iteration with Lee to get them right. One of the biggest things we've played with over the life of the show is the structure of the intros and outros. When we first started, we really wanted to focus on spotlighting up-and-coming or local artists. You've heard this a little bit over time, but it's been a process of slowly refining how to work that in. We also really like talking about our reactions to news and events happening in the prog world. In some ways, the COVID pandemic has limited what we can talk about here since there hasn't been as many shows happening, but I think that we've found just as much to talk about in terms of how artists are finding ways to adapt to things like a global pandemic. In the future, we'll be talking more about the shows we've been to, tours that are happening, and interactions that we've had with listeners when we meet them at events like concerts and festivals. We always wanted each of us to have a kind of role in the show. Originally, we were going to take turns doing even the intro-outro monologue, 
but I ended up taking on that role based on listener feedback. Lee usually has his finger firmly on the pulse of news and new releases, so he's taken to being our go-to guy for that kind of content. Craig has been helping us find new listeners through our social media interactions, so he's naturally fallen into doing those really cool graphics you see on sites like Instagram and interacting with listeners that reach out to us via social media. Once we have a final episode ready, Lee posts it back to our shared Google Drive and lets me know. I then upload it to our primary hosting service, Podbean. Podbean then allows me to type up show notes, including references to things we talk about like new releases, what we're listening to, and links to our individual social media accounts. Then I schedule the episode to come out around midnight local time on the first of the month. This helps to make sure that as many people around the globe get to listen to the episode on the same day. Originally, we thought we might want to do weekly episodes, but the size and scope of recording and editing each of our episodes has really meant that once a month is about all we can do, besides these spontaneous bootleg episodes. We also spent a fair amount of time coming up with the length of our episodes. We looked at similar podcasts, and they all had running times in the 60 to 90 minute marks, so we thought an hour was a good balance to get in detailed discussions of the topic, as well as our news segments. After everything is published to Podbean, I schedule the episode, and when it comes out, it also goes out on all of our federated feeds like Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, etc. So, as we come to the end, you may be wondering, how do we come up with what we want to talk about? If you're a longtime listener, you know that we take the summer off for concert and release season. Sometime during this hiatus, we'll sit down and workshop ideas for the upcoming season. Then, we narrow them down to what we really want to talk about and try our best to make sure that there's enough topics throughout the season for each of us to have something that we can take point on. We also try to find a distribution of topics that's equal among things like our favorite artists, technical topics, or even interviews. While this is a good skeleton for the season, we also talk periodically and adjust as necessary. More recently, we've realized that our topics are getting a bit bigger and we really need to have production meetings to make sure our notes reflect a good through line. This is important to help Lee when he's doing the final mix and edit. He moves things around a bit in the editing process, and the outline of the episode helps him stay true to the intended flow of each episode. And that's it. That's how we produce the Ultimate Prog Podcast Project each month. I hope that this little overview was interesting to you. Don't forget we release regular episodes on the first of each month. If you can spare some change to help us keep the lights on, we have a Patreon account at patreon.com up3show. Supporting us financially definitely helps because it helps to pay for hosting like our Podbean account as well as our shared Google Drive. If you can't afford to support financially, that's fine too. You can help us by spreading the word on social media. You can find us at UP3Show on Twitter, Instagram, and Spotify. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again soon.